This show is a part of the podcast network of the Walled Garden Philosophical Society, an international community of philosophers and seekers dedicated to the pursuit of truth, wisdom, virtue, and the divine, wherever they may be found. To find out more, go to thewalledgarden.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Soul Searching with Seneca. Today we are still in letter number 33 on the futility of learning maxims. And you remember from the previous episode that Seneca is kind of talking to Lucilius and saying, well, you know, you're wanting me to give you these these quotes, these little bits and extracts of wisdom from these great teachers. But what we rather should do uh, is actually look at the whole body of the work. And he's talking to us about how we need to have the experience that the Stoics had of really staking our own claim to freedom rather than always being stuck in this stage of memorizing these quotes and, you know, trying to trying to capture the wisdom of the past by uh, by rote. And Seneca is really going on to say very similar things. Obviously, it's in the same letter, but we're going to finish off this letter today. There's about two more pages left for me. Uh, so he says the following, quote, If you insist, however, I shall not be niggardly with you, but lavish. For there is a huge multitude of these passages. They are scattered about in profusion. They do not need to be gathered together, but merely to be picked up. They do not drip forth occasionally. They flow continuously. They are unbroken and are closely connected. Doubtless they would be of much benefit to those who are still novices and worshipping outside the shrine. For single maxims sink in more easily when they are marked off and bounded like a line of verse. That is why we give to children a proverb, or that which the Greeks called shria, to be learned by heart. That sort of thing can be comprehended by the young mind, which cannot as yet hold more. For a man, however, whose progress is definite, to chase after choice extracts and to prop his weakness by the best known and the briefest sayings and to depend upon his memory is disgraceful. It is time for him to lean on himself. He should make such maxims and not memorize them, for it is disgraceful even for an old man or one who has slighted old age to have a notebook knowledge. This is what Zeno said, but what have you yourself said? This is the opinion of Cleanthes, but what is your own opinion? How long shall you march under another man's orders? Take command and utter some word which posterity will remember. Put forth something from your own stock. For this reason I hold that there is nothing of eminence in all such men as these, who never create anything themselves, but always lurk in the shadow of others, playing the role of interpreters, never daring to put once into practice what they have been so long in learning." They have exercised their memories on other men's material. But it is one thing to remember, another to know. Remembering is merely safeguarding something entrusted to the memory. Knowing, however, means making everything your own. It means not depending upon the copy and not all the time glancing back at the master. 
Thus said Zeno, thus said Cleanthes, indeed, let there be a difference between yourself and your book. How long shall you be a learner? From now on, be a teacher as well. But why, one asks, should I have to continue hearing lectures on what I have read? The living voice, one replies, is a great help. Perhaps, but not the voice which merely makes itself the mouthpiece of another's words, and only performs the duty of the reporter. End quote. All right, so I can hear you there saying, Simon, he is calling you out. He's calling you the interpreter. Look at you feeding on Seneca's words. Always the interpreter, never the experiencer. And it's at this point that I do want to point out that this series is my public service, but my books are my, you know, proof of the experience that I'm having with Stoicism. And if you want to get that, go out and buy The Poet and the Sage, or you could listen to my music. They are all interrelated with my philosophical learning, and especially The Poet and the Sage. If you read that, that's my experience. That is uh, my proof for you. Not that I need to be proving anything to you guys. Leave me alone. All right. <laughs> so I, I just love these few verses from Seneca here. You know, and this is really this passage where he says, well, Zeno said this and Zeno said that. And, you know, what have you said? What are you going to pass down? That has been so powerful for me as a young student to really see from a great teacher of the past that they're saying, hey, listen, stop just feeding on our works. You know, go say something for yourself. Once you have had that experience, once you have the thing to say, right? Because he does say back here, you know, he points out that for the young student, you know, maybe memorizing these, these proverbs, these great quotes is going to be really useful in order to help them to uh, start to get that training when they can't ne yet necessarily have the capacity uh, to, to transcend that level uh, in their philosophical learning. But he says, it's a disgrace for a grown man, you know, to still be, uh, I guess, feeding off these words of the past and never having anything for himself to say. He says that he should be making these maxims, not merely memorizing them, right? And so I just think that, yeah, Seneca's opinion on this is so important for us as students, because we always need to keep in our mind that, yes, we are learning, but what are we learning for? You know, we can get so obsessed with the process of learning that even in learning, in our study, we can be intemperate, right? We can actually go too far to the point where we're not focusing on what is the actual reason why we are learning. Well, I mean, hopefully we want to be enlightened. Hopefully we'll want to experience eudaimonia, the flourishing existence, oikiosis, right? Like we're, we're trying to have the stoic experience here. Otherwise, what the hell are we doing? And so Seneca is just pointing out, you know, for the young student, fine. For the old person, you know, you want to be getting that experience. You want to be showing your proof, as Epictetus would say, right? Show me your muscles. Don't just show me the weights. All right, so I'm going to finish off this letter. There's just a few more verses to go. And he says, quote, Consider this also, that those who never have attained their mental independence begin, in the first place, by following the leader in cases where everyone has deserted the leader. Then, in the second place, they follow him in matters where the truth is still being investigated. However, the truth will never be discovered if we rest contented with the discoveries already made. Besides, he who follows another not only discovers nothing, but is not even investigating. What then? Shall I not follow in the footsteps of my predecessors? 
I shall indeed use the old road, but if I find one that makes a shorter cut and is smoother to travel, I shall open the new road. Men who have made these discoveries before us are not our masters, but our guides. Truth lies open for all. It has not yet been monopolized. And there is plenty of it left even for posterity to discover. Farewell. End quote. All right, so these are some powerful words, right? And they really can inspire us to start to learn how to think for ourselves, how to not always just be drawing upon wisdom from the past, but to, but to yes, learn from them. As Seneca says, take that old road, you know, go on the old path, learn from the Stoics, these great wise teachers. But nonetheless, what they're trying to teach us is how to think, right? And how to find truth, how to find wisdom, how to embody virtue, right? Which means that we need to constantly be on the lookouts. We need to be aware, open, right? We need to be open to the truth of our day. And, you know, I'll never forget what Emerson said in his book uh, on self-reliance. He said that with consistency, the great soul has simply nothing to do. He said that we should speak today, the truth of today in hard words, and we should speak the truth of tomorrow in hard words as well. You know, meaning that we're always on the lookout for the truth, right? And, and, and that means that you're going to have to leave some things behind. You're going to have to leave your ideological approach to philosophy behind. You know, perhaps you've got a favorite teacher, but you can't always just think like they thought. They're supposed to teach you how to think, how to seek truth, how to seek wisdom, how to seek virtue. As I said, you know, but, but once you've learned that, then it's time to go out on your own and start seeking these things for yourself. And, you know, I'll also never forget this moment in a, uh, in a Facebook chat where uh, somebody posted this passage from Jordan Peterson, you know, and I looked, there must have been like 10 to 20, uh, maybe I'm exaggerating, there was probably at least 10 people who came on there and said, Peterson isn't stoic, you know, Peterson isn't stoic. And I thought, man, you guys are missing the point. What this guy is trying to say is there's, there's a bit of wisdom in this thing that he just said. And I really like the wisdom that I'm seeing here and I want to talk about it, right? But everybody's like, oh, he's not a stoic. You're missing the point. You know, we're supposed to be seeking after truth. We're supposed to be seeking after wisdom. And it doesn't matter, as we said in the previous episode, it doesn't matter where you find it. The point is we're seeking wisdom. And if it's wisdom, then it's wisdom by definition. If it's, if it's, if it's virtuous, then it's virtuous by definition. If it's truth, then it's truth by definition, right? So uh, that's what we're seeking here. And, and I think that that's what we take away from this, this whole letter from Seneca. And ultimately, it's what I'm starting to take away from his entire body of work, like he wants us to, to, to see, right, is he's a true, well, he's a, seek, a truth seeker. You know, he's a wisdom seeker. He loves wisdom and he's searching for it and he's wrestling with hard problems and he's trying to teach his students, right, us, that we need to follow that same path. There's a time for learning maxims, perhaps, and then there's a time to go out on your own, stake your claim for freedom, move towards uh, uh, a, a better existence by way of your own efforts, And his final beautiful thought, which I just love, is that, you know, truth has yet to be monopolized. That's such an important...
important point. There's plenty of it out there, right? Look around us. Do you think that humanity has solved all of the issues and found all of the truth of existence? I don't think so. There's plenty of, of stuff for us to figure out. And so you can go out there and go on that adventure, just like Seneca, just like Epictetus, just like Marcus Aurelius. Go out there and find it for yourself. All right. I hope this episode has been uh, powerful for you. I hope it's been important. I hope you've taken away some uh, great lessons from Seneca's writings here. And as Seneca would say, you know, put this into practice, put it into practice in your life. You want to see the results, uh, not just the learning, right? All right. So I'll talk to you next time.